When I was 21 years old, I received a great gift that uh, still is a part of my life in a different way than it originally was gifted, and that was a set of tailor-made bubble shafts. The owner, the founder of the company I worked for didn't have a use for them, or he got them and didn't like them. They were brand new, and uh, so he gave them to me, and that began my golfing journey. Before that, it never occurred to me that I should go to a golf course. As I played, I realized that the clubs were too long for me. But when I would play with other people, they'd always, ooh, ah, bubble shafts? I didn't even know the difference between tailor-made and Nike. I don't know. But I knew that what I had was good. And I played with those for quite a while, and my game uh, wasn't worth, (laughs) certainly wasn't good. But I kept using those clubs, despite the fact they didn't fit me in a way in which would be best. At a certain point, I uh, got connected to some online golf club manufacturer that my family was all getting golf clubs from, and uh, they were super cheap clubs. So I figured, well, you know, you can't, it's not, I'll just get another set and see what happens. And I got another set of clubs that were super, super like, nobody even knew the names of them. They were like, you know, buying Kirkland clubs in a way. And those clubs helped my game so much because they fit. They were the right length for me. There are times in our lives when we're asked to give up something. And sometimes we don't recognize that it's for our good. And there are times in which we are called to hold on to something. But it causes us to suffer in such a way that we don't think it's for our good. And so even though my game got better... It only fed then something in which I realized that I wasn't good enough to keep up with everybody that I was golfing with. So there was always the temptation to just kind of throw my ball a little bit better lie. Or to just not really take account of what stroke I was on. I didn't do that a huge amount, but you can see the ways in which we fall into these things, that once we get good at something, we can tend toward it in a way in which then we don't want to suffer that maybe our game isn't so good, or maybe we're the ones who keep everybody back, or maybe we're the ones that always have to wait for everybody, and we don't, have to su- we don't want to suffer that. There are things that we are being called to give up, and there are things we must embrace that cause us to suffer. And the important dynamic that we realize in our life is while that golf game is a true and real way into this dynamic, as we realize who we are as human pure persons, that dynamic expands and then the evaluation of those things must change. So if you're in an athletic program and you're also here studying, then you've got to reevaluate what things have to be given up. It might be different than if you're just a pro golfer. 
You have to make room for studies. And the thing that you have to suffer might be the time needed to take account of a wider perspective of your life. Or the longer you're at school, maybe you're a junior now, you're getting further in and you realize my life is something more than just academics or sports or whatever it is that I thought a year or two ago. And you realize that friendship is a necessary, necessary part of being me. And you realize I could study all day and all night. I could play and do whatever I want all the time. But to do those things by myself leaves me empty. I need something more. And so maybe we have to give up and we have to sacrifice doing things our way in order to do them together with others. Or maybe what it is that we're going to do has to sometimes be somebody else's plan or decision so that we can be together, so that I can have friendship, so that I can grow. And the thing that I must suffer is being closer to another person in certain ways. Or the thing that I have to suffer is recognizing that maybe when I'm with another person, I see my faults. Right? And you know all the dynamics on social media that go with being together. But the thing that we might have to suffer is that someone might ghost us. The thing that we have to suffer is maybe somebody will treat us in a way that we don't like. The thing that I might have to suffer is things don't go according to the flow of my plan. And so we have to let go of some things and we have to suffer others. And the wider our lives expand, the more those discernments have to happen again. And friends, your time in college is going to be short. And eventually you'll go out into the world and you will do your lives and you will have things and you realize that life is very different. But all of us that are where you will go look back and say, oh my gosh, those ha they have more time than anybody else in the whole world. And you all think you're really busy. But when you get out into the world, your awareness and your desire and your ability to discern these things will become more important. Because your family will need time from you and you will be called to sacrifice and to give up certain times with friends that maybe you love. You will be called to sacrifice money and to give it up as God says, I want you to have another child. You will be called to give up maybe living near family. To do his will. And you will suffer things that you will want to give up. And this is the difficulty is oftentimes we mix these two things up. We want to be rid of the things that make us suffer. And then we want more of the things that maybe God's saying, hey, let go. But we will flourish only when we do God's will the other way. And the world is a voice that is telling us to go different than the way God wants. And sometimes in the church, we even begin to drink this water. You know, the, the Romans had uh, say, the pater familia. The Romans were all about the family. The Christians, actually the opposite. 
The Christian is the one who is so aware that I belong to the family of God, so aware I am a son and a daughter of God, the one who created me and sustains me and calls me into being, that I can let go of everything and go anywhere. But in a world that seems so difficult and fragmented and difficult, how tempting it is to close in on our family and think that we're the ones that can protect everybody from everything. The Christian is the one who has the protection of God and the Holy Spirit moving in their life in such a way that they can leave family and friends and go and bring the mission wherever it is that God sends. Maybe it's to a different city. Maybe it's to a different place. Maybe it's to a different continent. And this is what our readings are reflecting for us today. It's a very striking words, right? I mean, I hope you were provoked by them. He really said them. If you don't hate your father and mother, you can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ. What? What? What does he say? If you don't hate your father and mother. I mean, that's his words. This isn't even like paraphrasing. These are his words. If you don't hate your wife, if you don't hate your children, if you don't hate your brothers and sisters, Now, as I've said before, these are good moments for us to realize, oh, I have to see everything in context, because he's also the one that gave us the commandment, honor your father and your mother. (laughs) So then what's he getting at? I think he's getting at this. There are times when he says, you got to give up. And it doesn't mean you walk away from, it maybe means you give up controlling. It maybe means you give up getting what you want out of that person, place, or thing. And then the thing that you have to suffer is something that you could protect yourself from. But as we do this, it isn't that God wants us to live ho-hum, ho-hum. What he wants to recognize is I needed help after I got those new clubs in ways I didn't expect. You see, once I got those new clubs and I realized the length helped me, I started adding clubs to my assortment. And I liked the, the woods and I liked the irons and then I found the fairway woods. And I love the fairway woods. And so I have a golf bag that is like exploding with clubs. And I've lugged those things around. I have for like 15 years. I've lugged like so many clubs you can't even imagine around. And I've never wanted to discard any of them, even though I know that I don't need them all. Why? Because I don't know which ones to get rid of. And 20-some years later, after those first bubble shafts, God gave me a golfer from the University of South Dakota's team. And he looked at my clubs, and I looked at him, and I said, tell me which ones need to go. And now I travel a little lighter. You see, Jesus Christ wants to help you God wants to be able to look at your life and all that you've accomplished and all you've accumulated and wants to help you say, hey, that right there should go. 
that right there, that idea you have about life and yourself and the way in which things are, you should go. Those people you associate with, and those, they're really good people, but now at that time, I need you to come with me. And life gets lighter when we let go of all of these things. But we gain the most important thing, which is Jesus Christ and the confidence that he is in our lives and the love that he has for us that fills our hearts with peace and joy and love. And when we taste that, when we drink from the water of the Holy Spirit, we begin to see, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I detached myself from all of those things. Because the filling of the Spirit gives me the one thing that helps me realize, actually, I didn't lose any of it. It's all mine. But we'll never discover that experience unless we entrust ourselves to God. And he wants to look and he wants to help. And it's the way in which a life of prayer can help us discern what it is that he wants us to let go of today and what it is he asks us to hold on to and maybe to suffer. He knows you. He knows you in ways that I could never tell you what those answers are. But he asks you to open your heart and your mind and your hands to him. And when he prompts you to say, let go, let go. And when he prompts you to hold tight, hold tight. And in that experience, you will discover the Father has you held tight in his hands.